Welcome to the Authentic Dentist Podcast. Join Dr. Allison House of House Dental in Scottsdale and Sean Zayas, founder of Zana, a company helping dentists extend their care beyond the chair as they lead dentists deeper along the journey of authenticity to reach greater fulfillment in their professional lives and to deliver remarkable patient experiences. At the core of the authentic dentist is a belief that the answer to the current challenges in dentistry is dentists discovering that their greatest asset and point of differentiation is their personal brand and that forming that brand out of their authentic selves is the best strategy for success in dentistry today. So this podcast is brought to you by Zana, and Zana makes electric toothbrushes, but it's more than that. They have a program that'll grow your practice with their electric toothbrushes. Hey guys, this is Sean and Dr. Allison House with the Authentic Dentist Podcast. And today we're going to talk about ethics. And this is definitely not my area of expertise, but you have quite a reputation for um, speaking on ethics. Uh, how did that even start? Um, I am part of the ADA success and people didn't want to take the ethics lecture to dental students. And I loved it. I thought it was so much fun. So I did the ethics lecture to a number of students and then I rewrote it, but I wasn't allowed to give my version to the students. So I started giving it to dentists and I don't know, it just kind of grew out of that. So you just started becoming known as the dentist that speaks about ethics. I speak about ethics, but I am not an expert. People are always like, Oh, expert expert means you have like a PhD in it. I don't, I'm just a practicing dentist. I'll tell you what I think. But you have spent a lot of time thinking through it, um, caring about it, and it's something you actually live. You know, you are someone that is absolutely committed to doing the right thing, and I have a feeling you probably think that's um, common to just everybody, but it's it's not. Like, I think it's actually something a lot of people struggle with. Um, You know, I think there's a fascinating poll that said the majority of reason why people don't do all sorts of bad things is because there's consequences. And if there wasn't consequences that uh, what is viewed as what they would do or bad or acceptable, like it's crazy. It's only the fear of people finding out, which makes you think like, are people truly ethical or is it just because they're afraid of the consequence of not being ethical? Were you, I'm just saying that's what I'm saying. Like you're, you're not afraid of people finding out. You just truly live right and have committed to that. So I just wanted to honor you for that. Well, thank you. It was my first year of practice and my husband was an attorney and he was working in a a business that he didn't feel comfortable in. And I was in a business I didn't feel comfortable in. And so we made a pact and the pact is that we would always do the right thing, which is interesting today because the right thing isn't as clear often, but we always do what we feel is the right thing. And let the chips fall where they may. And sometimes they fall badly. It's true. Sometimes when you're ethical, bad things happen. But at least I sleep at night. I feel like I've, I've done the best I can do. You know, I remember in business school, a class that was all about business ethics. And uh, at that time, I remember growing up, my, my parents were always like, oh, you could be an attorney um, or like you have such a clear sense of almost like right versus wrong. So I kind of had this idea of like, I understand like what's equitable and what's right and what's wrong. And this class is going to be easy. And then everything was just shades of 
like what's the right thing when there's no right answer? What's the best thing to do when both things could look like a compromise? And and you're like, I, I didn't even realize these dilemmas could show up. And then I started realizing, wow, leadership, like, you know, take for example, the president, like it's not as simple as, oh my gosh, why is he doing that? Because the, like, there must be the obvious choice that everyone's going to love or the other choice that like, it's not good or bad. It's not right versus wrong. Typically a huge, like lots of groups of people are going to be disappointed by a decision and a true leader has to do it anyway. And I don't know. So do you end up, um, I don't know, do leaders ever end up talking to you also about some ethical dilemmas? Cause I feel like that's one of the areas that it shows up in a lot. And maybe that's even as a dentist, like you're leading your practice. I, I talk about ethics with lots of people and lots of people outside of dentistry too. Because of Mark's job, my husband's job as an attorney, it is interesting how doing the right thing is a different thing than what a, a lay person would think. If he has somebody who actually is guilty of what they're being accused of, then his job is to, to mitigate the damages. And he says that. I mean, my job is to mitigate the damages. This person did bad things. I have to fix it. But there's... It's not that the person doesn't ever seem to admit that they did bad things, which in my world would be ethical. You would admit you did bad things and then try and fix it. And his is just mitigate the damages. Yeah, because you can't. Like you, he ultimately would fail at what he's doing if his client admitted fault to something that they're trying to fight. So yeah, it's just a different, a different. Um, it's a different set. Yeah. But it is the reality, and everybody's entitled to to counsel and to figure out how to solve the problem. And that's what he says. My job is to solve the problem so that everybody walks away unhappy <laughs> but fair. So one, what is one of the most surprising ethical dilemmas you faced, let's say, in the first five years of dentistry? Oh, I worked for a practice that was doing things that I wasn't comfortable with, and I actually got fired. I, I do talk about this sometimes in my ethics lecture. I got fired from, I don't know, my third or fourth job. I had seven jobs in two years. Wow. And the one I got fired from was owned by somebody who was not a dentist. And I walked in and I was supposed to pull this person's teeth, all of their upper teeth, and deliver this denture. And this is back when we had paper charts. And I looked through and I couldn't figure out who had made this denture. I asked everyone in the practice. None of the other doctors had made it. There were four of us. And that concerned me. So I finally figured out that an assistant had, made, had taken the impression and the denture had been made out of that with no bite check, no nothing. And I was supposed to put this in after this patient, after I pulled all of these teeth. And I couldn't do it. I just couldn't. And the patient was furious with me. She'd taken the day off work. She was prepared for this. But I knew the consequences of this. If I pulled all of her teeth and this denture didn't fit, she'd be without teeth for like six weeks before we could do anything. I got fired for it. And it was, it was terrible. It was, it was terrible because I had student loans and mortgage and I had two little babies at home. And my husband was not amused because I was supposed to bring home a paycheck. But I couldn't do it. I mean, that's crazy though because that, that is, that's why it's like when you look at um, the idea of like an ethical dilemma on paper. Oh, if someone asks you to do this, like imagine you're in school and you're reading about the situation. It's like, oh, obviously, you know, what the right thing to do is you don't pull the teeth and it's, sorry, it's an inconvenience, but you don't fill that in with 
oh, but wait a second, there's people relying on me. Oh, and I'm only X amount of time into this job. Oh, and I and I actually need this. Oh, and like with confidence before my spouse, they're rel- like everything else that factors in. Well, I always think, what if I was the sole breadwinner in our family and we have all this debt, two little kids, and I get fired from my job? That's a big deal. I at least had somebody on the other side that could pay the bill for a couple of days while I found another job. I mean, it, it, it's hard. It's hard to do the right thing. But it's always, <laughs> it is always um, worth it. And I know, I love that's what, what you and your husband said about it helps us at least to know that we can sleep at night because we don't ever wonder, like, almost like, did we sell out? You know, I mean, that's got to be the worst feeling. And if that's you and you're listening to the podcast, it's like, I've been in places where it's not that obvious and... Well, that doesn't mean I haven't made mistakes. Mm. I have certainly made mistakes in the practice, but I feel like there are mistakes that I didn't know. I didn't willingly walk into something that I knew I shouldn't do. But that doesn't mean I haven't made mistakes. I mean, that's life. I'm human. Yeah, but it's like, what if someone actually understands that they just made the wrong choice, like willfully, like kind of with their eyes open, and it's like they're trying to live with that. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of... (laughs) We... I always think we've been given a gift. I mean, we are allowed to to surgically do something to someone's body. That's a gift. And we have to use it wisely and judiciously. And we can't just cut on somebody in any fashion until we feel confident that we know what, what the outcome is going to be. And that does not mean that the outcome is always perfect. But at least we walk in feeling like we're doing the best that we can possibly do. Amen. Um, so yeah, just the other day, um, I was faced with a ethical dilemma, which I guess it didn't start off as a dilemma. It was just, you know, my wife and I were, um, at the gym and we get out of a session and all of a sudden I'm like, my car got hit. Like what? (laughs) And there was some guy in the uh, parking lot was like, wait, did you just say your car got hit? I'm like, yeah, like I was here for an hour and like my car got sideswiped. Like all of a sudden there's this like dent and. And no note and there's no car around and it's just like, and and, you know, I checked with the gym and they didn't have um, any sort of cameras. So I'm like, oh man, like it just seems like such a bummer. So I, you know, I'm like, I don't even know what to do. I guess I just talked to my insurance company. So they're like, yeah, just uh, find a auto body place and just get a quote so we can start from, start from there. So I call the, you know. Uh, dealer and I was like, "Hey, do you guys have a body shop?" And they recommended me to some place where they they farm out all their body work. And I go there and I explain what happened. And the owner trying to help me out is like, "You know, the problem is if you actually submit the claim according to what happened, that you were just in a parking lot and someone hit your car and left, um, there's a chance they're going to file it as a no fault collision. But since it's still categorized as a collision," it's going to raise your premium and that's going to be on your record. So you're going to be paying more out in insurance for the foreseeable future. He's like, but if you share that something fell off a vehicle in front of you on the highway and you tried to dodge, but you couldn't get out of it, then it'll be, you know, some term and you won't have to pay more. And I'm thinking, but that didn't happen. (laughs) Like it would be nice um, so I'm left with now just calling my, uh, insurance broker and being like, I'm just going to ask him like, is this going to affect my premium? Because 
I had already told him what happened. Um, and and it hopefully is, it won't. and yeah, it, it falls where it's going to fall. I mean, it is what it is. But it's even one of those things. I'm wondering. This is a car I was going to sell anyway, so I'm like, man, is it better to sell it as is and not even report the claim, if the next five or ten years of my premiums would be way higher than what I can't get for the car now. Like if the car is only worth a thousand dollars less because of this, it, it doesn't look bad like visibly. So, so it now I'm faced with like a, do I fix it and get a hit on my insurance or do I just use it for a while and sell it as is and never have to go through insurance? <laughs> but those are both ethical choices Yeah, yeah. to pay the, the extra premium or to just get rid of it. Cause obviously the other person will know you will share that. Yep. Yeah. But the option of lying is, yeah, it's just not an ethical choice, even though it would be to your benefit. Uh, did you watch The Dropout? Do you know the story of Elizabeth Holmes? No. So uh, Elizabeth Holmes is the person that started Theranos. I think I'm saying that correctly. Theranos. And that was where you get the drop of blood, and she built this thing called the Edison, and it was supposed to run all of these tests. Well, she dropped out of Stanford, built the Edison, and had a $6 billion invested in this company. So the story is that all was going poorly, and so she made up a test result in order to get more funding to continue. And she thought, you know, I'll make this work. Nobody will ever know. It'll be fine. Well, then things start to spiral out of control. And I think she was convicted of securities fraud and is going to spend like 10 years in prison. Maybe she hasn't been sentence yet but I know she's been convicted she's going to prison and as I was watching this I couldn't help but think about the ethics because you know she made one bad decision and then because of that she just kept making bad decisions and I think that's what happens to us you know you you make one bad decision and you've stepped over the line and then you're like eh, I've already stepped over the line what's another step or another and suddenly you're way out in left field and you you didn't even know what happened to yourself so I think that's that's the thing is keeping yourself on that side of that line. And that, we all do it. I mean No, that's one hundred percent like the slow fade of you know, if someone sees you <clears throat> six months later after that, you know, like a friend of yours you haven't seen in a while, and they might be like, I don't even know if I recognize like why are you like, you know, you might just be telling them a story about how you like I remember a dentist friend of mine <laughs> that will be unnamed was um, bragging about how on road trips they stop in at um, places that offer free breakfast just to get the free breakfast, but they're not staying there. And I'm like, hey, hey, I, this is me actually. Like this is early on when I was going to trade shows. It's actually a dad's, uh, my dad's friend. And I remember thinking, you're a dentist. Like why are you being so cheap? <laughs> like, And why are you bragging about this? Like, you're not paying the night. Don't get the free breakfast. Like, I'm not proud of you. I'm thinking, that's weird. But but that's what I'm saying. Like, you justify the little things and rationalize the little things. And next thing you know, it's not the free breakfast at a Howard Johnson's or or, or that's not a place. Where, whatever. It's lying to your insurance company. Yeah. It's, I mean, what kind of a dentist is this that would do such a little thing that's unethical when, what, it's 10, 10 bucks for breakfast? Come on. So what was your current situation? So my current situation is um, I have a, you're supposed to check your sterilizer every week. So I check my sterilizer, I send the little thing in, and it takes three days for them to get back to me. So 
Three days later, I sent it on a Friday, came back on a Wednesday that it failed. My sterilizer failed. So that means that bacteria grew when they checked it. So I stopped using the sterilizer immediately. It's my backup sterilizer. And we sent another test in. So we, don't, we won't use it until I get a positive test. Now, this has happened to me once 10 years ago. And it was fine. Um, it was just a bad one test. There was nothing wrong with my sterilizer. But if it comes back and there's a problem, I'm going to have to deal with that. Because for three days, we use that sterilizer with patients. And it will be a nightmare. I mean, it will be a nightmare if I have to deal with that. Now, it is my backup sterilizer. I do have records of everyone that I sterilized. I mean, so I will be able to piece it all together. But, I mean, it's an ethical thing, though. I still have to take care of my patients, even though it makes me look bad. It's, there's all these issues. Like, it'd be more convenient to just... Ignore it. it. Yeah. Like, Pretend it didn't happen. It's not a big deal. I haven't got any phone calls and nobody's sick. Like, meaning, or like, I'm sure it'll be, like, right, to just kind of look the other way. Like, you have so many things you need to focus on in your practice. Oh, there's so many other problems. Yes. And almost all of them are linked toward some goal, something you need to do. What This is just all of a sudden becomes this, like, ah, oh, this, like, headache. Like, really? <laughs> now there's a chance. So... I think we'll, we'll keep our listeners posted on, on what happens because if you find yourself in the middle of this, it'll be interesting to kind of like. It will be awful, <laughs> just awful. I'm hoping that it will all turn out fine. But again, you can't stick your head in the sand and ignore it because, yeah, you've stepped over the line. And what are you going to do next? What else are you going to ignore and allowed to get out of control? I don't want to be Elizabeth Holmes. Thank you for listening to the Authentic Dentist Podcast. To join Allison and Sean on this journey, hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Here's to your success. Express yourself fully. Live authentic. Authentic.